For every season, there is a time for friendship. Maybe I want you to stick around. A time for love. Don't be scared. We were destined. And a time <laughs> for terror. Isaac is back. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brendan. Yo me amo Sergio. We're gonna see how long he keeps that up. Um, he's he's been um, tippling a little bit at his uh, drink of choice, which is tequila, which makes him speak Spanish. It's very exciting for everyone here. Te oyes enfadado. <laughs> okay. Um, did I say my name? I'm Brendan. Yo me amo Sergio. Okay, and uh, we're here too. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, um, nada. Um, we're here to talk about *Children of the Corn* six 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 Isaac's return. But first, we're gonna do some ten order reviews of movies that we watched in the past week. And for once, it's actually contemporary movies. I can't do those in Spanish. I knew you wouldn't, and that's where we uh, rejoin the world of the English speaking audience that we have. Hello, hola. Some well, might say, "Hello, friends. It is I." <laughs> Surprise. But you thought you'd seen the last of me. Uh-huh. So what's your review of The Predator? The Predator. Incomprehensible, but recommendable. A popcorn flick in every sense. And my review is, no worse than AVP Requiem, but still rickety as hell. AVP Requiem, what was that? The sequel to Alien vs. Predator. Did I see that with you? No. Okay, good. Continue. A simple favor. What's your review of that? Funny and twisted, the female leads are wor- are the shit. Go watch. <laughs> Sounds like you're supporting a, a, a sports team called The Watch. Like, go watch. Go watch. So I say when I'm watching Game of Thrones and Jon Snow's like standing there on the walls, like, go watch. The, the Night's Watch. Yes. Um, my review of A Simple Favor is the darker side of Paul Feig is his good side. I don't know if that's true, but the I movie mean, was really good, and I think everybody should go and support Paul Feig's movie because it was a breath of fresh air. Uh huh. Um, and if you want our full thoughts on a simple favor, um, you can find it in our ten minute reviews on Patreon. Um, Which, by the way, are not fucking ten minutes. They fucking go okay. on forever because we have thoughts. Yes, we do. Some some of them are ten minutes, but most of them are not. Um, Which one was ten minutes? Probably support the girls or something. Support the girls was thirty minutes. We had so many thoughts on that movie. <laughs> okay, maybe we did. Um, okay, also rent support the girls. Yes, you please. You gotta do. support the girls by renting it. Uh huh. And also support our Patreon, where you can also find our full episode review of The Predator. Um, which is going to go up on the regular feed in November, but it's already available on our Patreon That's so at true. our $3 level. But also support the girls because that movie was golden. And okay. we really don't get that kind of movie that too often. And I loved it. Continue, Brennan. Yeah, this might be the first podcast recording where we need to take a nap break in the middle so Sergio can chill out. <laughs> Listen, I liked that movie. And I liked this movie. Okay. No, I, no, no, oh, you mean Children of the Corn 666? No, no, I thought um, we were still talking about a simple No, favor. so can I put that on the poster for my Blu-ray release of it? Sergio says, an iconic film from the darker side of Paul Feig. Are you fucking Scream Factory? Am I being quoted on these DVD copies? Yeah. You have a dirty mouth today. 
Okay, so here's the plot of um, Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Return. Hannah, Natalie Ramsey, is the daughter of one of the original members of a murderous cult composed of children who worship a demonic spirit called He Who Walks Behind the Rose. That was some word salad. Delicious. Add some corn to that. Make it healthy. Inkfish. What? Go ahead, continue. Okay. Hannah travels to her hometown of Gatlin, Nebraska, to find her mother and explore her past. Upon her arrival, Isaac, John Franklin, the original cult leader, begins to wake from a coma. As Hannah tries to find out the truth about her lineage, violence, threats, and strange rituals surround her. So this was a movie. Actually, was it a movie? No, it wasn't. Um, See, this movie is in a really particular predicament. Uh, oh, I like uh, that. Like, what? Particular predicament. Feels like we're in a Lin Manuel Miranda play. Why do you feel the need to insult Lin Manuel? <laughs> okay, sorry. All he did was give us Moana and Hamilton. It's got a good meter to it, though. Okay, I know I'm very talented. Yes. Watch out, William Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so this movie is in a predicament because there's so much that I felt that was cut out. And it made the runtime shorter, which I'm a fan of because the movie was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like there were a lot of scenes that were cut out that would have made the movie longer and have explained the terribleness further. But I don't know if I really needed those scenes. I don't know if I actually agree with that. I think everything that was supposed to be in this movie was in this movie. It's so chock full of plot that makes no sense. You're right that there are a lot of details and things that are like skipped past or ignored or whatever. But I feel like they were never intended to be there because this is just an incoherent movie. I don't know. There's a lot that, like, we never found out anything about the main girl's adopted parents. Um, Did you want to know about them? Well, it seemed like we were supposed to know about them. In the script, she was like, just go back to your parents and you'll be happy or whatever. And she's like, but I'm meant to be here. No, no, I mean, her adopted parents don't matter. It just matters that she was adopted and now she's trying to find her birth family. Oh. Again, it just seemed like there was a lot that was cut out. You you wanted like a full 30 minutes beforehand of her like hanging out in California with her adopted parents? I don't know if I needed Just having that, a good time. But I needed some kind of exposition. Um, We got exposition in the form of uh, her reading a letter in voiceover saying, Bye, Mom. I'm going to Nebraska to find my birth mom. Screw you for raising me for 19 years. Also, my birthday is on Halloween. That's fun. That's a uh, that's a date that's super important to the Children of the Corn franchise. Is it really? No. Oh, there's nothing to do with anything, and there's no pumpkins anywhere. Not e- there's barely corn in this movie. Um. Anyway, it there's like barely the open- children in this movie. <laughs> there are barely any kids in this movie, and that was kind of a point of contention because so much of this movie is just kind of like needless mood building. You mean all of it? <laughs> Yeah. It's needless. The movie was bad. Yes. Like, let's just open up with that. We this haven't is, even done our ratings yet, but the movie was no, bad. This is our first, like, full trash sequel of the Children of the Corn movie, because uh-huh. I've been surprisingly, shockingly into most of them. Um, but this is this Agreed. is where this is where it hits the skids. And the, just like our main character, Hannah, who gets into, like, 18 car accidents over the course of this 80-minute movie. Women um, drivers no. are excellent. Hannah is uh, the exception that proves the rule. She's being judged as an individual. Yes. So we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, quality, and I guess driving skill. (laughs) So one out of five for that one. Um, What's our scariness ranking for you? Two. So you were you're shaking in your boots. 
Well, two is Harley shaking in my boots. Two was yeah, your, your your big toe was uh, twitching. Two, like a two to me is that I was glued to the screen for at least one scene. Okay, and which scene? The me to me the scene was in the beginning when you were kind of discovering the town and what the hell was going on, uh-huh. and like certain people kept just disappearing and then reappearing. So I found that creepy. I found it nonsensical, but I found it creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to give it a one out of five because I, I think this movie tries for a lot of atmosphere, but it completely fails at most of it. I think the creepiest scene by far is when Hannah is being chased down the hall of this uh, hospital she's in by this crazy patient who is never explained, mm-hmm. um, who's constantly trying to kill Isaac with like scissors or pillows or whatever. Um, but he's chasing her down the hall, just ranting and raving about Isaac's return, which, um, you know. Boo, boo hockey for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's chasing her down this hall, and those, I think just the sheer ineptitude of the scene actually makes it very dreamlike and creepy because he's mm-hmm. saying this weird chant that does not match the lips in this on the screen. And it's a really slow motion, but in this weird, like, stuttery way that doesn't seem to match reality it's just really yeah. it's surreal i know the scene the scene you're talking about and that's the reason why i gave it a two because he disappears and he reappears instantly and that's not the only time oh, yeah, that, that, that happens weird. in the movie yeah and he's yeah he gives two separate jump scares just from like vanishing uh-huh. i felt like this movie was kind of ahead of its time with the inclusion of jump scares and a female cop sheriff yeah. and a woman directed this movie. You know what? This movie is a progressive movie that we need. Five stars. Oh, shit. Sorry. I don't normally curse, but that really scared me. I scared you more than this movie? Yeah. Okay. Five stars across the board. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sorry, everyone, for your ears. You need to take a chill pill. Um, so one other scary aspect was that I thought I was being given what I was promised from these movies. When like a whole, no, a whole parade of handsome nineteen-year-olds waltzes across you know the we're screen. Not, we're not continuing this and this conversation anymore. No, I'm just saying they were all completely indistinguishable, and I was like, I don't know who anyone is, and they're wasting my time. Okay, that's fine. Continue campiness, Brennan. What'd you give it? Pause, because I need a pee. <laughs> okay. So, so Bartholomew, what was your camp yes. in this score? Um, I am not cutting the part where you say you need to pee because the world needs to know what a, what a party this episode is. Um, I gave it three out of five. What are you giving it? Campiness? Yeah. Two? Okay. There was very little campiness to be had. It was campy in the sense that it was bad. Um, yeah, I mean, and and that's important. And poorly written and poorly structured and just so much poor um, because it's Nebraska after all. Um, but is it though you were convinced that they were shooting in Griffith Park for a hot minute? I really was, but then I was sad that it wasn't, and no yeah. longer did I feel seen. And so now I'm going full hog on Nebraska. Sure. Okay. Um, I would say there there are definitely campy elements, especially the reveal of he who walks behind the rose, who has taken the body of this very '90s teenager with weird sideburns. But he just starts floating in the air and doing a weird impression of a game show host. And you can actually hear a fake crowd. It's very the genie from Aladdin. He's going full Robin Williams in this scene. And it's nuts. Um, There's also the main actress who did not go on to do much in that 
makes sense because she plays every scare sequence like she's just frustrated she's like god what's with all these dead birds lying around Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of dead birds in this movie r.i.p birds you didn't deserve that Uh you know what else is a lot of in this movie was orange filters everything is freaking orange in this movie and if for no reason it i guess it's supposed to be harvest time it's halloween you know the the harvest is upon us um but it's just um inelegant i will say and but um two things i want to say is one of my favorite scenes in the movie we get a boy kiss in this two boys have a kiss and it is great it's not that different from how we spent our afternoons tbh okay so um no but it doesn't happen in movies especially in 1999 it was neat and according to the IMDb trivia, this movie features a notable scene where two boys kiss. Yeah. Um, there's no reason for it. It's not romantic. It's actually the guy is about to like kill himself on a scythe, and the other one, I think, has made him do it. It's this whole thing. Um, but that happened. And also, um, speaking to the fact that there's always a cutie of the corn, um, we find out that Hannah, when she finds out who her mom is, so her mom is Rachel Colby, who I believe is actually a character from the original. She's the creepy, like, priestess who was hiding in the car in the end to try and kill. Um, oh, yeah, I remember. That was fun. Yeah, I think that's her. Like, her grown-up is played by Nancy Allen, of all people. Um, so that's, you know, that's the one celebrity cameo we get in this. And we can tell she's the only famous because her hair is perfect. Um, but anyway. You're so, going to catch her slipping. Yeah, we find out her mom is Rachel, and we find out her dad is Amos, who's the original hottie from Children of the Corn. And I just felt so validated. It was very important to me. Um, anyway, what's your effects score, Sergio? I didn't get to talk about campiness and why this movie was campy, because you just went on a tirade. Well, I, I was trying to prompt you because you don't. You, it seems like your attention is slipping. Well, I mean, I was focused on Nebraska and what kind of state it is. You know how we're from California and we're the Golden State? Uh Uh-huh. I was wondering what Nebraska was. So, fans, let me know what state Nebraska is from. But campiness, my score was, what did I give it? Two. I gave it a two. Um, And that's just because the movie was bad. That's a good reason. And even the parts that we know were so bad that they're good were just terrible. It was hard to maintain interest. Uh... Clearly. I found the main character boring. I found that it was hard to focus on whatever the hell was happening. There this was movie, a lot happening, and none of it made sense. The movie was an hour and 80 minutes long. Nope, and, an hour and 20 minutes long. Oh, sorry. 80 okay. minutes total. <laughs> it was two hours and 20 minutes long. Okay, thank you, Brennan, for doing math. An hour and 20 minutes long, and we don't get our first kill until half of that time. Man. Yes, it is rough. So a lot of that time is just basically like, I guess, mood building. And some of that was like me screaming at the screen being like, come on. That is a mood. What's happening? So I was pissed. And that was campy because I'm camp. You okay. are camp. Brennan, continue with your line of question. Uh, well, what's your effects score? Two. Fuck that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Just because there were so few deaths. What happened? I guess, I mean, the like, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil this movie for you guys, so go watch it right now. <laughs> Please um, don't. So, <laughs> the one death that was of note was the one where the woman was sliced in half. Yeah. Her, um, there's this chick who's super goth, 
for a town in Nebraska. I'm like, where is the hot topic that she went to to get her clothes? Huh. Um, but she gets sacrificed because she tries to rescue Hannah from birthing the new generation of super soldiers. Who cares? Who knows? Who even knows at this point? It is so confusing. This movie assumes that we're smarter than we are. And let me tell you what, Brennan. I don't think that it does. I, I think that not. it hopes that we're dumber than we are and we can't pick apart all the flaws in it. Oh, okay. That's probably true. Yeah. But anyway, her head gets split all the way the hell in half with a scythe. And it's a great effect. And it's super gruesome, which is why I'm giving it a three out of five. Um, it, that's the only effect in the movie that's worth anything, except for maybe a part where uh, she has a vision of uh, this old preacher hanging above her in a tree and dripping blood onto her, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool. That was pretty cool. It was bizarre, but it was cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, that effect alone was spectacular. And I actually had to rewind it and rewatch it because it was really cool. Did we really do that? That I don't remember doing that. Yep. Are you okay? Your eyes are just closed. <laughs> I'm praying okay. to Jesus that this movie is over well jesus loves the little children of the corn no (laughs) he fights them okay single hand combat and he okay um i think i know where this is going but what's your quality score for children of the corn 666 isaac's return one yeah me too there was no redeeming qualities of this movie really for me um boy kiss that's not enough to save an entire movie Uh, if you're if you're gay in the 90s and needed just anything any kernel of representation i think it might be worth it so if you're if you're listening from the 90s (laughs) check it out let us know (laughs) rent it at your local hollywood video um i don't know uh uh, there was nothing really that good about it. The writing was bad. The script was hard to follow. Also, the writing, it was co-written by John Franklin himself, who played so Isaac. So props to you for, you know, branching out and earning that money. Because writers, I feel, earn more money than than actors, if they're bad actors. That's beside the point. I don't know anything about Hollywood. Um, uh, my point is, is that this movie was bad. It was hard to maintain interest. There were so many scenes that could have been cut out because there was no dialogue. Whatever dialogue we were given was cryptic, and I guess it was meant to make us try and piece it together, but it was written in a way that it was hard to do that. Mm-hmm. So, A for effort, because I, you know, I love new talent, you know, um, but... And the woman who directed this went on to do a lot of stuff, at least, like, TV stuff. Um, and television, you know, she's responsible for this new wave of television, because we're living in the golden age of television. But this movie was bad. And how many movies do we have left after this? Um, Four. Really? Yes. I guess it wasn't that bad. So good for you, girl. <laughs> sure. Um, what did you give it, Brendan? She directed five episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. <sighs> we haven't seen anything of season two. No. I mean, that that doesn't mean that it's not good. We just won't know. Poor I'm saying she, she's done a lot of like, like actual, you know, prestige television and stuff like that. We and got some Longmire, some non-prestige movie. Well, I would give it a one out of five. Um, as much as I am always so happy to see a woman's name in the opening credits, that doesn't mean the movie is good. It means it's interesting, especially because like horror franchises at the time were. Just any entry in any horror franchise, it's so rare when, when one's directed by a woman. The only one I can think of is Freddy Six, which is uh, directed by Rachel Talalay. 
but never forgot. No, please don't. Rachel Talley is great. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's interesting, but also we can't give them a pass for, you know, for being progressive in some way. I'm glad she got a paycheck and it seems like she's doing great and that's awesome, but this is not a particularly good showcase of her skills. Um, no, they were terrible. Yes. It was also co-written by a gay man, which is John Franklin, who I think... Oh, hey, girl. Yeah, so, like, good for all of that, especially in the 90s, and I'm glad... Like, I'm I'm, I'm glad they got their paper. Mm. They did their thing. I'm glad but, that a movie with risks got made, because, you know, what is art if not risk? Uh-huh. Uh, it just I, it didn't come together as well as they probably hoped and as well as I would have hoped, but, you know, A for effort. Yeah, just what I'm not glad about is that we had to watch this movie. It is... A completely incoherent hash. It's just um, different. They tried to make something different, which doesn't really work in a franchise. No, I, I, I mean it can, but it it needs to have the right structure. Like I think, I mean, I think if you're trying to look at like what to do in a franchise, if you're trying to do something different, like look at the Marvel films. They all, I mean, like them or not, um, they all have a pretty similar structure and formula and character dynamic mm-hmm. but they're all from different genres like ant-man is a heist movie and thor is this weird like mythological epic and captain america is kind of these war movies mm-hmm. and they're, they're all within the same franchise but they're all doing something different uh, i would say that if you want to do something different go ahead and look at freddy's new nightmare or Wes craven's new nightmare yes because that movie to me was just so bizarre that it kept me guessing and i guess i'm like the wrong kind of person to be recommending that because I'm just an average Joe, Joe Schmo. Uh-huh. But it really did change the dynamic, which I felt like this movie tried to do. It tried uh-huh. to make it kind of prestige, but it just kind of fell flat. Um, and, and, you know, A for effort because I always like people to try something different, but it just didn't come together in the movie in the end. And um, all I can do is give you an A for effort. <laughs> yeah. And plot wise, you're right. They are trying to do something different, but what that, different thing is violates the core of what a children of the corn movie is mm-hmm. there's bar- like we said there's barely any kids in this they don't really factor in the mythology they're trying to build makes no sense they're trying to like uphold this prophecy and there's a bunch of adults in the town who are helping out the middle-aged people who are the grown-up kids from the original but it's only been 19 years so they're supposed to be like 35 but Nancy Allen is not 35 mm-hmm. um and it's just it's it's very bizarre and and then Isaac wakes up again but he's an adult and there's kids in the town who are creepy but they're not part of a cult and then he's trying to get the these two 19 year olds to bang so they can make a new generation of kids to worship he who walks behind the rose. But doesn't that mean that these kids are going to murder everyone in the movie because they kill all the adults? And why is Isaac still important? Although I guess he's a false prophet. It makes no sense. It's very confusing. There's a lot of like loose ends in this movie. Um, and I felt like they tried to make something different, but they didn't really consider what that meant for the franchise. And that's just probably like one of the problems with when you work within a franchise is trying to make something new, but it also really does have to kind of tie in uh-huh. to, you know, the namesake that you're adding that you're benefiting off of. Yeah, you're right. Um, although I will say, um, there is a naked man getting showered with a hose through a cage. So 10 out of 10. Never. <laughs> no, this movie was really bad. 
I'm um I was actually genuinely very excited for Isaac's return because I do maintain that John Franklin's performance in the first one was probably the best of the franchise. Not so in this one. I think he probably got too bogged down by how wordy and aggressive his own script was. Uh-huh. Um and I it just did not do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um like I said in the previous children of the corn episode i knew that we were gonna start hitting snags in this franchise it should have been much earlier so we're lucky for that but this was a rough a rough snag this was very bad uh-huh. i don't know if it's as bad as brennan's making it out to be but it certainly wasn't good you were um, like yowling in pain during this movie i was but when am i not doing that okay uh, i feel like every thing that you say not everything but you like in the past couple episodes you keep making these weird oblique references that make our personal life seem very scary and like weird and you're just making things up that's true Uh uh-huh but that's what an english major does i make shit up about people who make shit up is there an end to that sentence no okay so um constant bullshit did you have anything else you want to say about this movie um no it wasn't good i don't really recommend it unless you really want to see it and then contradict us which feel free to do yeah look if you're a completist for boy kiss movies top of the list this movie had barely had a boy kiss it seemed like he kissed his cheek but it happened it's right up there for me with michael fassbender kissing himself in alien covenant no, Alien Covenant. Because those was two great. boys were identical. <laughs> Alien Covenant was great. It should be Michael Fassbender kissing somebody in shame. So you can just see his giant dick. It's beautiful to look at. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week, and we're also going to make our guesses for next Children of the Corn entry. But first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, and you can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Our uh, theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. A Beat for You. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Scream101. Please pay. (laughs) Please. Um, next week we'll be hitting you up with a nightmare on Elm street three dream warriors, which, uh, you know, that's one of your favorites, isn't it? Um, I think it, it is a generally revered entry in the franchise for being one of the best. And I don't disagree with that. Although I also I do disagree that it's the best of the sequels. I think there are a lot of really great sequels in that franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, but the next children of the corn that we're hitting up is called, Children of the Corn Revelation. It's from 2001, so two years after this. I think I saw that one. Oh, really? Maybe. We'll see. I've been waiting for this one Children of the Corn movie I saw years ago. Okay. What what happened in that one? Like a couple show up in like some kind of abandoned city, and the graphics are terrible. I think that's I don't mean the graphics, first one. But I mean cinematography. The cinematography is terrible. Oh no! It's like just some sky rise, not a sky rise, but like some abandoned warehouse. Oh, boy. Well, maybe that's what we have to look forward to. But Revelation, um, I'm sure that means nothing because these titles always mean nothing. No, but I'm saying, like, maybe there will be more something more, like, satanic and final about it because I believe the this is the last entry in the franchise before they hit the reset button with the remake in um, 2009, I think. What? So maybe this is kind of like a final apocalyptic almost entry although the damien movies 
have kept promising me that and it's never happened. So I'm sure it'll also never happen in this cheap, cheap ass movie. I guess we just have to tune in to find out. But like maybe something revelatory will happen. Maybe like a big change is, is it coming? I don't think so, but I give you, I hope for you that it does. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what kids we're going to meet in this one. It's obviously not going to be anyone we've ever met before. Although, I mean, I so appreciate the nods at continuity in this one. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just that's how it is. I think that's going to be about it. We'll catch you next week for Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And until then, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. You, in fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out into a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.